Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates gamblers cleveland browns fans fans of the nfl shield and everyone else in between far and wide welcome in to episode number 97 of the talking the line podcast and as always thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful august 6th 2021. Now, before we talk all about Cleveland Browns, dive deep into the insights, analysis, banter, everything we have for you today, please take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the TTL pod on. Hey, if you are watching on YouTube, you might as well hit that notification bell as well. That way you never miss the start of a live show or any additional TTL crew content dropping here on the channel. But if you are listening to the audio recorded version on your favorite podcast directory, make sure you hit that subscribe button there as well if you haven't already, as we always release the audio after every live show is complete next item up on the docket if you could be so kind find it in your heart to do so you got a couple extra seconds hit that like button leave us a comment leave us a rating if you're watching the show live jump in the live chat we can't tell you how much we appreciate it when you do and it only helps us make ttl sports media bigger and better for each and every one of you Last, but certainly not least, head on over to this episode's description where you will locate the Talking the Line link tree. Within that link tree, you will locate the TalkingTheLine.com website, all of the TTL crew social platform platforms, and additional content so you can consume all of that however and whenever you please. Ladies and gentlemen, and all the aforementioned people, welcome in to today's show. I am your humble host, Colton. Colt 45 Soroka. And once again, thank you so much for choosing to stop by the TTL pod. Cannot thank you enough as always. Not going to waste any time here today. We got a loaded show to get into, so I'm going to bring in my partner nice and quick here. You know the drill, the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself, Mr. Riley Armax Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, I could not be doing much better. It is Friday. We've got a hell of a weekend going on this weekend. We've got a hell of a show coming up today. We've got UFC tomorrow. We've got the Crosstown Classic Cubs-White Sox this weekend. 
things are rolling along for us. Woo. And uh, yeah, this is as juicy as a weekend as we've had all summer, my man. And I'm excited. Yeah, it is one hell of an action-packed weekend, if I do say so myself. And uh, for us, too, we're actually headed on up to Milwaukee. Yes, Gonna sir. go see the great Joe Rogan. Cannot wait to peep that out, see what's all going on there. Uh, we're going to have one hell of an, uh, an action-packed weekend yes, ourselves, sir. if I do say so myself. But hey, we got a loaded show to get to everything Cleveland Browns here today on episode 97. But hey, before we uh, talk about that, let me give you guys a quick couple reminders here. Now, if you haven't visited the TalkingTheLine.com website yet, I don't know why not. You'll find everything there you need. You can find the TTL Cruise blogs. You can find countdown timers for the latest and greatest seasons that are right around the corners. You can find all of our featured content and so much more that I don't even have time to discuss right now that you guys can find right there at the TalkingTheLine.com website. So make sure you visit that. You can easily find it. Just literally punch it in if you know how to use an old uh, computer browser there or check out the Talking the Line uh, link tree in this episode's description. Also, I know we haven't been uh, dishing out picks on the regular here on uh, The Daily Show. You know us as a daily sports gambling pod. We will get back to business as usual. Don't worry about that. We'll be cashing tickets in no time. However, we are still cashing tickets, and because of this guy's white socks, I was... Uh, unafforded a 7-0 perfect sweep yesterday so went 6-1 uh still cashing tickets by all the cords over here on this side of the table I know you are two partner so quick reminder I uh, just wanted to get that quick jab yeah in yeah there. of course <laughs> yeah, I, I think I went two and one yesterday so I, you know either way ladies and gentlemen uh you still want our best bets our picks uh once again I know I've said this a hundred times now but you can get them on the talkingtheline.com website you'll see the today's best bets tab and then you'll also see the live lines and odds tabs and then if you are a fan of the Action Action Network app, you can follow us there. I am at cash underscore with underscore Colt. And my man Riley is at RMAGS in all caps. R-M-A-G-S. Wanted to just remind you guys that because, hey, we are cashing tickets and uh, we're all in this game to make some money. And if we're making money, we want you guys to be doing the same thing too. So, hey, make sure you follow us all there and get some stone cold locks in place because we're gonna have a loaded weekend as well we're gonna have a loaded weekend and uh also a reminder we're gonna skip over it on today's show i apologize if you came tuned in especially for it gonna skip over the ufc special today um we're gonna keep everything nice and tight in these nfl episodes just everything tailored right to the nfl now i will obviously still be bringing you my motivation minutes so don't worry about that you need a little expiration a little extra inspiration get you through your day i still got you covered don't worry about that however uh we'll skip the UFC will still be putting out picks so even more of a reason for you to follow me on the action app or check us out on the talkingtheline.com website uh, I'll be putting out picks there I'll do uh, straight plays props and the main card parlay as well so make sure that you guys uh, if you want UFC picks I have been pretty doggone hot lately partner uh, and I you've been cashing tickets because of some of my yes, picks sir. and uh, especially in the underdog department if I do mm, say so myself definitely. so hey Make sure you check those out because we are not stopping for UFC picks here today. But all of that being said, what is on tap today? Well, I am so glad you asked because first things first, it's today's team of the day. The Cleveland Browns. We're ready to lock and load. We're ready to rock and roll. We're ready to get after getting into the dog pound into the dog pound, baby. Uh, You know, a lot of. A lot of things that I am very excited to talk about with this team. Most definitely. This defense looks like it could be one of the better ones in the league. This offense 
didn't ship out too many people. This coaching staff is pretty damn good, if I do say mm -hmm. so myself. And there's plenty of other stuff we got to talk about. There's value betting-wise. There's value fantasy-wise. So you know we'll be covering it all. Just so you're reminded, just so you know, first segment of the day, we'll be breaking down the first or, or the entire team. So we'll be uh, doing the offensive line, uh, offensive lineup, defensive lineup, and then the coaching staff as well. I apologize. My phone was ringing over there, uh, kind of threw me off the, the balance. So whoever was calling me, whoever needed me there, uh, hope you're watching live. Outside of that, second segment of the day, we'll get into the full 2021 schedule for the Browns. We'll break it down. We'll uh, also give you some key things that you should take note of that you might not find anywhere else. Third segment of the day, Daily Betting Show. We'll give you a full betting preview for the 2021 season here for the Brownies. And then we'll wrap things up with our start, stash, or pass segment. If you're a fantasy player, you know what that might mean. That is our best fantasy advice for this team. And much like yesterday in the Bengals, I think this team has an extreme amount of fantasy value. So I uh, hope you stick around for that as well. And then we'll wrap up the entire show with Motivation Minutes, little RMAG sidebar. We'll talk a little nonsense and then uh, get on about our weekends here. So without further ado, let's get on into it. Let's go. All right. Episode 97, DTL Pod officially live. Just so you don't have to check your calendar one more time, August 6, 2021. First things first, first segment of the day, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the season preview with the entire full team breakdown. Kind of a double negative there, a little redundant, entire full team breakdown. Either way, we're getting into it. For, first things first. I didn't go to school for that. I didn't go to school for that either, <laughs> but what I do know is the Cleveland Browns and what I will be bringing you is the Cleveland Browns today. So without further ado, kicking things off, offensive side of the ball, we're going to take a look at some of the key losses and key additions. First things first, I'll take the key losses and then I'll kick it over to my partner for the additions. I'll let you guys know about some of the key 2020 stats uh, from the offense there in Cleveland, and then we'll dive into a full 2021 outlook. So without further ado, let's get on into it. First things first, some of the key offensive losses that uh, were had by the Cleveland Browns. Now, going into uh, 2021, they really didn't let a whole lot of people walk uh, offensively, and the names that they did let walk weren't uh, huge pieces or huge contributors into that scheme either way. Right. Uh, five names in total, Kendall Lamb, left tackle, Anthony Fabiano, center, Taiwan Taylor, wide receiver, Drake Dorbeck, right tackle, and Marvin Hall, wide receiver as well. So a little bit of depth at wide receiver, and I think if there's anything I could nitpick on this offense, it might be that depth. Uh, However, I think they brought in a few uh, good ads, and I think that they'll be all right in that department. And uh, my partner will definitely tell you about all of those offensive additions because they were able to secure a couple of uh, much-needed pieces, and I think that is going to loom large for the Brown season this uh, this upcoming year. So, hey, partner, why don't you tell us on about those additions for the Browns here going into 2021? Alrighty, so, uh, you know, as opposed to the last few teams, there's not too much to write home about as far as the offensive additions. As you mentioned, didn't lose too many guys, didn't really do much as far as bringing anybody in. Almost every single penny they spent in free agency was spent on the defensive side of the ball. My partner will mention in a second. One guy they did add might not even make the team, Greg Sinat, left tackle. Uh, they got him out of free agency. Like I said, not even sure if he's going to make the team. My partner did mention the wide receiver depth. They did take care of that a little bit in the draft. Third and sixth round, they picked up receivers. Uh, Anthony Schwartz could be competing for that fourth or fifth spot there, most likely the fifth spot. Uh, Dimitri Felton uh, got him out of the sixth round from UCLA. Not sure if he, he could be a practice squad guy. 
Not sure how many wide receivers they'll keep. If they keep six, then he might be in town. Uh, James Hudson, offensive tackle out of the fourth round from Cincinnati. Nice little depth there for the offensive line to, uh, you know, shore up any potential injury issues they could see. But aside from that, man, they went, uh, you know, defense. I, I don't want to see defense heavy, but as far as the top uh, couple of rounds in the draft, they definitely went defense. So not really too much to write home about as far as the offensive additions, my friend. Yeah, not, uh, not, not at all. And I don't think that it's um, out of bounds. No pun intended. <laughs> I'm on a roll these last couple episodes. Uh, I don't think it's out of bounds to uh, say <laughs> I am t- I'm totally caught off guard. I totally got myself there. I apologize. Um, I don't think. Uh, can you remind me what you, you close with saying right there? Uh, yeah, they got the wide receiver depth here. Nah, uh, they went top two rounds defense. Ah, uh, yes. I don't think it's out of bounds to say that they went defensive heavy. I, I think that they do. They did go pretty defensive yeah, 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 heavy for in sure. the draft. And uh, I will tell you about that here in just a little while. But let's keep it on the offensive side of the ball. Sorry about the little <laughs> tangent there. Totally went blank. Uh, let's keep it rocking. Tripping yourself up rolling. with dad jokes, huh? Uh, yeah, you know you know me. Uh, a couple key 2020 <laughs> stats to let you guys know about before we jump into the 2021 offensive outlook. The Browns averaged 5.8 yards per play uh, on offense last season. They rushed the ball on 47.78% of their plays and passed the ball on 52.22%. They had a completion percentage across the board of 62.76%. Third down conversion percentage was at 44.84%. So as I've been saying, you definitely want to see that kick up when it's in the uh, low to mid 40s. And then their red zone scoring percent, one of the best in the league, and you would love to see him keep it right around here, 73. 0.33%. But as we all know, sometimes you uh, do see that negative regression. Hopefully that doesn't happen for the Browns in this case, because uh, they are very solid or were last year very solid in the red zone. However, let's keep it rocking and rolling on into 2021 here. Now, one of the big things that I think is going to loom large for the offense's success, and much like we talked about with uh, the Bengals last or yesterday, not uh, not maybe not as much, but definitely going to uh, be a key factor here is the offensive line. For sure. Now, uh, they have Conklin, Teller, Trefter, um, Treader. Uh, Treader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Treader, uh, Betonio, and Wills. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willis. Is that Willis or Willis? Yeah, Willis Jr. W- yeah. Willis Jr. Um, uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. It's Wills. It is Wills. So, uh, you <laughs> know. L's and I's, man. Yeah, know. I know. I'm telling you. <laughs> doggone, I got to f- get my glasses fixed. Holy cow. Um, either way, I think that's going to loom large for them this season. Mm-hmm. Any key thoughts right off the bat there, Parter, as far as this offensive line goes? Yeah, as far as the offensive line, just staying healthy once again is really the biggest thing. Uh, you know, one thing I was reading is that last year their offensive line was one of the healthier offensive lines in the entire NFL. And historically speaking, you typically don't see that same type of trend, you know, back-to-back seasons. So as far as a historical trend, there's concern for the offensive line help or health, I should say. But, uh, you know, personally, I-, I think these guys are, you know, pretty dirty. So I really don't think it's going to be that bad. Maybe we see one of these guys have a little bit of an injury issue, but overall, I really like this offensive line. And like I said, they picked up a little depth in the draft. So I don't think we should be seeing too many issues. I don't think this uh, unit is going to be losing them any games this year. No, I don't think so either. Uh, Right now, they're the second highest paid unit in the NFL. So obviously, the Browns are banking pretty heavy on them. I think that they keep Baker protected. I think they open up plenty of lanes for this run game. And uh, they have plenty of success this year. I don't think you'll see too many question marks, just like you said, partner. And they might even win them some games. They 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 should win them some games. (laughs) Now, right on the outside of that line, sometimes to the left, sometimes to the right, sometimes you see one of them, sometimes you see two of them. Who knows? Maybe it's 11 personnel. Maybe it's 12 personnel. Either way way we're talking about tight ends 
Now, they got two on uh, on the roster that you definitely will know about. Right. Uh, Austin Hooper and David Njoku, and then three or four other names that I'm not even really familiar with. Um, I love Austin Hooper. Loved him in Atlanta. I think that uh, he will provide some great, great red zone success and continue to add to the red zone success that I just mentioned to you guys here for Baker Mayfield. And then uh, David Njoku. You know, it's kind of been a toss-up what he will be or what from year to year. Right. I I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about him a little bit more fantasy-wise, but as far as uh, a depth guy, second right, right behind uh, Hooper, great for the Browns. He's sure. a great blocker, and he's also a good pass, pass catcher from time to time in the back of the end zone. Yeah, if he can stay healthy, then sure. That's a, still a nice uh, piece sure. to have there. But, I, yeah, I like Hooper, Hooper again here in his second season in Cleveland. I think he kind of improves on what he did last year. Wasn't over-the-top productive, um, but I think he, I think he's going to improve on that, and I think Baker's going to start finding him some more. He missed three games, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, obviously, the health there is a concern. Uh, not sure. a concern, but if he can stay healthy, that's obviously a big, uh, big addition because, you know, David Njoku just kind of hasn't been too healthy lately, so I don't know if you can yep. bank on that or the rest of their depth to be any sort of productive for him. So uh, Hooper's got to stay healthy for him this year. Yeah, so tight end room health is going to be a uh, a very big question mark right. as well. Can they stay healthy? But you mentioned him. Might as well segue right on into him. QB1, Baker Mayfield, backed up by Case Keenum this year. You've seen Case Keenum on about 20 different teams sure over have. the course of the last five seasons. But uh, Baker Mayfield... Coming in off of an electrifying 2020 season, mm-hmm. and in my mind, has only got better and better and better since he's come into the league. I do believe this is the last year on his rookie deal. Uh, or, Not for sure. That sounds the, right. Or though. the year next. However, um, they're going to have to pay him really doggone soon. Right. And as evidenced by, uh, as we'll talk about, the rest of this offense is pretty much win now. It's right. pretty much they're paying everybody in their dogs right, right. now, and it's kind of built for win now. And if they don't do it now, then they're going to add to that cap with Baker Mayfield. Right, and you and might see some of those offensive line yeah. guys get trimmed out, that type of stuff. And the best time to win a Super Bowl, we all know, is with that quarterback on their rookie Correct. deal with that elite level offense and elite defense. We'll also talk about that defense because I'm pretty doggone excited about that. However, uh, any key thoughts on Baker? I mean, I know you're pretty high on him. I think we see some improvement outside of that. Yeah, I mean, just coming into a second season with Stefanski after a massive improvement on last year is something I'm excited about. And as you mentioned, I we're both we should probably know this whether it's this upcoming year or the year following as far as when he's getting paid but regardless he knows that if he balls the hell out he's gonna that dollar value is gonna go up exponentially i mean even before last year there was concerns rumors whether or not they want to pay him big bucks because you don't want to pay average quarterback big quarterback money and he proved that he's not an average quarterback but now he wants to obviously prove that he's in that undisputed top 10 if not even top five which i'm not sure he'll get to that point but i think we see a big year from him a big improvement once again here i think we do as well and and i would go as far to say that he is in the upper echelon of quarterbacks i he just needs to prove it a little bit more and i think we see that from him this season so right and i mean even if you look back at his stats last year even week to week they had a few games that were like 40 degree winds, sideways hail type stuff to where sure. he couldn't throw the ball more than 12, you know 15 times a game. So sure. you now maybe we see that again. I don't know. So maybe your, his stats won't reflect that again. But overall, I'm I'm seeing a big improvement again this year. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Well, sometimes to the right, sometimes to the left, maybe behind, maybe split out wide. You got 
the running backs returning once again in my mind one of the deadliest duos in the NFL Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt I've been a huge fan of Kareem Hunt since he was with the Kansas City Chiefs won't go into all that rabbit hole everything that's happened there with his career talking on the field here uh, but uh, yeah <laughs> absolutely talking on the field here for sure but yeah I'm a huge huge fan of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb right uh, obviously Nick Chubb burned some of our betters asses uh, last year uh, mm-hmm. we can all remember some of those plays however no big deal uh, still from a fantasy perspective from a general depth chart perspective from just a general NFL player perspective these two guys are bar none and I think we see one of the best seasons from them yet they're finally kind of figured out how to be in tandem together and this offensive line with how solid they look I think that they're going to be able to run inside and outside of the tackles with ease yeah I really can't add too much to what you said you nailed it I don't see how these two struggle at all even if one of them has to shoulder the load if one of them goes down they're both fantastic both arguably top 10 running backs so yeah I think it's the number one duo in the league. So I'm very high on these guys. I'm a huge, you're a big Kareem Hunt fan. I'm a huge Nick Chubb fan. I think he is going to have a massive year. I think he missed four games last year. So if he can stay healthy all 16, excuse me, all 17, I think we see some big, big numbers from that guy this year. Extra game this year. But yeah, I do too. I This is probably one of my top three backfields, if not my number one backfield yeah. in the entire league this year. So there you go. And then last but certainly not least, the final uh, skill positions on the field, on the offensive side of the ball, the wide receiver yeah, room. Uh, we'll also talk about this man a little bit more in depth once we get into the betting preview, but Odell Beckham Jr., yeah, OBJ, making the return coming off of that torn ACL last season uh wide receiver one for Baker that is going to open up so much more for the rest of these receivers Jarvis Landry should continue to be a dominant option for Baker as well and then you got Rashad Higgins uh Rashad Higgins apologize Rashad Higgins has uh been pretty doggone good uh, I, uh, I I couldn't say that I am extremely high on him, but I think he is also a very solid weapon. Now, the depth that they have, it's not very deep, but I am high on Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, I think that when OBJ went out last season, he was a pretty reliable target for uh, Baker. I mean, he might not have had the hugest games in the world, but he did make some of those clutch catches that he needed to make. And then uh, last but certainly not least, you mentioned him uh, on the additions portion there, partner, Schwartz. Yeah, Anthony uh, Schwartz. Anthony yep. Schwartz coming out of Auburn of course me being a uh, staunch Tide fan yes sir uh, the the massive elephants there in Alabama mm-hmm. uh, yeah I don't know a whole bunch about him I don't obviously watch a whole bunch of Auburn football right. uh, being as much NCAAF that I watch but that all being said, I think this receiver room uh, is going to be top five, no question in my mind. As long as OBJ can stay healthy, right. I do believe he stays healthy. But overall, your thoughts on this room here, uh, closing out the offense? Yeah, I've got pretty similar thoughts. I'm very high on Odell to come back. Could be a very solid uh, comeback player of the year option. I think he's going to have big numbers with Baker. He was already putting up a couple games that were looking very impressive before he went down last year. So I think he comes in and kind of gets back to what he used to be. And then uh, kind of how you mentioned, he's got to stay healthy because as much as I like Jarvis Landry, I don't like him as much when he's the number one receiving option. Yep. Uh, so when he's that slack guy uh, that has a little bit less weight on his shoulders, I like him that much more. And then, uh, you know, kind of as we're both mentioning, the depth is kind of the concern. So if Odell and Jarvis can stay healthy, uh, then you don't have to worry about it too much. But I, you know, I like Donovan Peoples-Jones as well. Not, uh, not sure where we see from him in year two and and I'm not sure what we'll get from Schwartz as well. Might see some growing pains there. Might take a few weeks to get him used to the NFL speed. So 
overall, I think just the top two guys got to stay healthy. And then, you know, if we see a big jump from Higgins, then watch the hell out. But yeah, as far as Landry and Obel, I give me all of those two guys every single day of the week. Absolutely. Could not agree with you more. And in summary for the offense, I would say that the tight end and the wide receiver room are going to have to stay healthy. That is the biggest need for them. And as long as the offensive line does dominant things like it looks like it will do, Baker Mayfield continues to improve into 2021 here. And Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt have dominant seasons like it looks like there's no reason they shouldn't. I think this offense is going to be very, very damn good so far uh, from what I can see this season. no question. Uh, Last but certainly not least, before we hop on over to the opposite side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball, some couple key rankings for offense per sharp football analysis. Uh, The quarterback room is ranked at 12. Um, You know, obviously, Baker does lack some of those upper echelon um, needs and tools that you would like to see that I mentioned earlier uh, from a quarterback. However, still better than uh, middle around the pack. And I think he could even improve uh, upon that and finish within top 10 under, under 10 here this season, offensive line ranked number one uh, per sharp football. Uh, What was that? SFA. I'll say SFA now sharp football analysis uh, per SFA one. uh, And then also the running back room ranked number one as well. So when you have an offensive line and a runner running back room, uh, number one, that uh, dispels all types of recipe for success. So overall, then you uh, wrap up the offense with the receivers. They are the 10th ranked uh, receiver unit in the league right now per SFA. I think that they uh, are right there, maybe even better. I think that they have plenty of uh, ceiling to be able to reach and uh, show some serious improvement here. I I think all of those rankings are more than accurate, and I think that every single one of them, besides obviously the number ones, have uh, plenty of room for improvement. Yeah, no question about it. I think we see the running backs and offensive line finish top three once again, and then uh, you know if even if one of these other guys behind Odell and Landry step up and make a big impact, that receiving room is going to be top five. Huge, absolutely huge. I would definitely agree with you on that statement. Well, let's keep it. Rocking and rolling, my friends, into the defensive side of the ball. Uh, some of us crazy people like to uh, like to hit and uh, get hit, so uh, we love the defensive uh, side of the ball. Sure. Uh, if you know me, former fighter, love to hit and get hit. So I love those defensive sides of the ball, and uh, <laughs> partner, I am in love. I, I think I might be in love with this defense this year. Joe Woods has nothing but weapons yeah and i'm telling you what i've i don't want to sound like i am uh i'm just trying to bandwagon or something here with the browns but i think this also might be one of the top three if not one of the number one defense in the league man i definite bid for number one defense in the league before we get into some of the key losses and additions here yeah 100 percent. i think i'm i think i'm right there with you i mean the more we go through these teams we'll see but uh i think i'm right there with you i'm 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 Kind of right around top five, I guess. Well, let's take a look at those uh, aforementioned additions and losses. All right. Before we do give out our official predictions here for the defensive side of the ball and what we think, um, could you please indulge myself and our kind viewers out there? Uh, what are some of the key defensive losses? They did uh, let quite a few guys, quite a few more guys than yep. offensively, but they were able to add some guys, which I'll tell you about as well. But hit us with those losses, my Correct. friend. Correct. Yeah, you said that they had a handful of guys leave. 
pretty similar to what I was saying the other day. I believe it was the Carolina Panthers with uh, coaching staff coming into their second year. When you have this many guys leaving, playing this many as many games as they did last year, it's not so much a concern coming into this next year as it is trimming the fat and putting the right pieces in place to what you know your strengths are. And as my partner will mention, they filled these holes pretty damn well. A lot of guys, though, Carl Joseph on the safety position played 14 games. Kevin Johnson, D-back, 13 games. Larry Ogunjobi, we talked about him yesterday in Cincinnati. He played 15 games. Terrence Mitchell, D-back, played 16 games. Vincent Taylor, interior interior defensive lineman, played 15 games. Adrian Claiborne off the edge played 15 games. Andrew Sandejo played 14 games. B.J. Goodson, 14 games. Olivier Vernon, excuse me, Olivier Vernon, edge, 14 games, and Shelton Richardson, 16 games. So on paper, that might look a little concerning to you, specifically because they occupied a lot of time on that defense last year. But as I mentioned, I think it's a lot more trimming the fat. And, you know, if what my partner's about to tell you didn't happen, then there would be some concern. But partner's about to tell you about all the very, very solid acquisitions that they made. 150%. I could not have said that better myself. The trimming the fat uh, kind of metaphor there is definitely what this Browns team yeah. did. They they let a lot of key players go, but don't worry. They added firepower right. defensively, not only via free agency and via the trade market, but also via the draft. So let me tell you about that because this is also one of the reasons why I'm so high on this right. defense this year. First uh, edition overall, a little squeaker there yeah, for you. Bit. First edition <laughs> overall, John Johnson coming in from L.A. safety. He was actually uh, the play caller there, uh, kind of the, the team captain right. in L.A. And man, oh man, I cannot wait to see what he does for some of these younger guys. Um, most especially some guys uh, like uh, Gritty, or not uh, uh, the cornerback. Ah, gosh darn Newsom? No, no, no. Uh, hold on. Give me, give me, give me a half sorry. a second here. Uh, he's coming back. Uh, Denzel Ward? No, not Denzel Ward. I don't Ward. know where he, you're going. He, he was off of uh, injury last year. However, let me tell you about the rest of them, and his partner wraps it up. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll come back to that. However, um, they also added Jadavian Clowney off the edge. Not super high on him. I mean, we obviously haven't seen anything huge from him since he came into the NFL, and I, I don't think that we see anything big from here in Cleveland. I think he's a nice addition to the opposite side of Miles Garrett, but I don't know if he's necessarily that elite piece that they need. They also added dominant defensive back Troy Hill, added to Karis McKinley, another edge rusher, give a little bit of depth on the opposite side of Garrett again. Anthony Walker Jr., linebacker, and then Damian Square, interior defensive lineman, uh, big fan of Square as well. And then they did some work in the draft, boys and girls. Greg Newsom, the second defensive back out of Northwestern. We got to see him play a lot, mm-hmm. being Big Ten fans. Uh, he's a very solid addition here for the Browns. One of my uh, favorite linebackers right now, and, and I'll have plenty to talk about him actually later on in the show, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, uh, linebacker coming out of Notre Dame. I think he is primed for a huge season here in Cleveland. Uh, Tommy Togiai, I hope I'm saying that right. Togiai, uh, defensive tackle out of Ohio State. Tony Fields, the second linebacker out of West Virginia, so a little extra depth there at linebacker. And then Richard LeCount, uh, safety out of Georgia. So they did work yeah, they in did. Uh, the draft, free agency, and trade. They, they added anything that they let go. They added and maybe even better pieces than what they let go so i think it's uh it's going to be huge here for him any uh final closing thoughts there while i uh, look up this cornerback yeah i mean i for the most part i agree with you on uh, what you were saying with Jadavion Clowney. I do like the pickup for them. Uh, he just keeps getting overpaid year after year by all these teams. The Browns gave him $8 million. 
Uh, I think that's just a little too much for kind of what you were saying, the uh, lack of... Go Come ahead. on, Greedy Williams. Uh, Come on, bad, you couldn't bad. help me on that one. Nah, you couldn't help yourself there. No, I, hey, I was rolling <laughs> through the file cabinets and it just was... I said gritty, but I you knew it wasn't gritty. gritty. I knew it wasn't gritty, off. but that's then also... All I was thinking about also was mascots. An, it's also an NFL thing and that's, you know, hey, hopefully I, I'm not even going to attempt to do it. I'm not doing that. Not on, <laughs> not on today's show. Not yeah. on today's show. All right, let's keep it rocking and rolling, my friends. Uh, so, yeah. Great, uh, great additions there. And I think overall that this defense is going to be one of the top ones in the league, as I said. So before we dive into uh, just a brief 2021 outlook for you guys, let me give you some key 2020 stats here uh, from the Browns defensively. They allowed 5.7 yards per play to opposing offenses. They also allowed opponents to complete 64.40% of their passes. Their opponent third down conversion percent uh, was pretty doggone good, 44.78%. I've been saying it over and over and over again. Anything in those low 40s, you like to see that for sure. And then maybe tick this down just a hair. Uh, their opponents in the red zone scored an average of 61.43% of the time. So not bad at all. Definitely some area for improvement. But I think that we see all of that improvement here going into uh, this season. Now, first things first, we started uh, with the line on the offensive side of the ball. So might as well start there defensively as well. I already mentioned him. Uh, Miles Garrett, no uh, no introduction needed, no, if you will. Uh, maybe if you stumbled upon today's show via Twitter, you, <laughs> yeah. you uh, might have saw the uh, the incident that happened a few years back now. But uh, hey, no big deal. We are both huge fans of Miles Flash. Yeah. Uh, was doing some absolutely ridiculously freak human shit in the offseason with yeah. his, his, his uh, he, he I don't know how somebody in their right mind can line up from that human about, ah, 50, 60 times a game and say, I'm going to stop that, man. No, man. I, I'm good after one try. Fuck yeah, that. Seriously. I'm not even going yeah, one try. Are you kidding me? I, I'm as high as you are on him. I actually could see him at the end of the season being the defensive player of the year. That's how high I am yeah. on him. I think we could see north of 15 sacks from him this year. Uh, so that's really all I need to say there. You know, we both kind of mentioned Davion Clowney. I like him. I think they just overpaid for him, but I do think it's a nice little uh, addition there. As far as the interiors, that's probably one of the bigger i don't want to say question marks necessarily because i think they'll be solid it's just uh you know not necessarily their strength so we'll see what we see from them uh so i mean the guys on the outside really hold it down enough for me though yeah right now it looks like it's going to be uh jake elliott and uh, malik jackson on the inside right now obviously i told you about some of the additions uh via trade and uh via the draft so we'll see what uh what kind of happens there what shakes out if uh if that's kind of a consistent rotation or if they cement two guys in there on the inside because it looks like for the time being there may be a little bit of rotation but Clowney yeah. and garrett are going to be the two outside edge rushers for the time being and then behind them uh you have phillips and walker um, they they are the projected starters right now, but I do believe that uh, Awusu Koromoa can come in pretty doggone fast. He was actually flexible as all get out in Notre yeah, Dame. He's extremely he kinda, athletic. He, he kind of played a, a flex linebacker safety right. role that was just absolutely bananas. I mean, a extreme, a, just a freak, a freak and a half. So like kind of like I'm super high on him. Man. You know, I, I got more to talk about him later for sure. Like Jabril Peppers type versatility, but more so linebacker as opposed to Jabril, Jabril being safety. And I think he's going to have a lot 
more success than Jabril Peppers yeah, was here. I think he is. I, I am extremely high on Owusu Koromoa. Um, behind the linebackers, the secondary, obviously, uh, you got Greg Newsom, who we talked about out of Northwestern. Uh, Troy Hill, who I talked about a, addition out of a via, I think it was via the trade market. Um, however, Troy Hill, dominant defensive back. And then you got Denzel Ward coming back here yeah. for the Browns on defense. Denzel Ward is a dog. Right. Perfect place for him to be is the dog pound, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, then you have uh, John Johnson told you about him coming from L.A. I think he is going to be a field general in the back of this defense for this defense. And then uh, Richardson to his left side there, uh, strong safety. So, man, oh, man, I if I if I have not said it enough already, I am more than high on yeah. this. <laughs> more than high on this uh yeah. on this brown high defense. in the browns defense yeah here. man I, i'm telling you but i i am uh, you know i'm slightly less high than you are but you're just that high i am really high on this defense as well you're just very very high on them uh i really <laughs> like them as well um i really like this secondary man i on paper you know uh, the, per sfa there the sixth ranked secondary in the league if uh, Miles Garrett and the rest of the interior does what I think they're going to, at the end of the year, you might be at least seen considering this secondary as one of the top three secondaries in the league uh, as long as that front seven gets the pressure that they might be able to get this year. So, uh, yeah, I, on paper, I think it's one of the top five, no <laughs> doubt, top ten secondaries. But when it's all said and done, and if we can get some pressure up front, I could see them being a top three uh, secondary here i definitely could too um some final key closing <laughs> uh rankings here for the um 2021 forecasted cleveland browns defense <laughs> i apologize i have caught the gigs ladies and gentlemen um wrapping it up here the front seven um the guys over at sfa are pretty high on them as well a little bit better than middle of the pack ranked 13th best unit in the nfl right now that's secondary they're also very high on them sixth best best unit in the nfl overall uh i think that they could even improve upon that finish top three no doubt in my mind just like you said partner yeah. and then as far as the head coach that we'll briefly talk about here in just a second as well as the ocs and dcs uh mr kevin stefanski coming in ranked as the ninth uh, best head coach in the NFL right now. So great to see that for him. And uh, might as well just segue right on into that because uh, that does it for the defensive side of the ball for the Brownies. Uh, Kevin Stefanski coming in for year two here um, after being in uh, cold old Minnesota for sure quite was. a few years as the OC there. Um, you know, if anybody had that beautiful mind that everybody talks about with Nagy, man, I think it was Stefanski. We saw it last season. If anybody, I mean, we have not seen the Browns turn around no. forever, ever and ever and ever and ever. And At ever least in our ever. lifetimes. They have not had a winning season since 07 and have not made the playoffs since 02. So, I mean, in our lifetimes, we ain't even seen it. So for him to come out and do what he did, not only with Baker with the run game, with the offensive line. I mean, he he worked wonders, excuse me. And then uh, Alex Van Pelt, OC, uh, to his side, helping him out here and there. I I mean, I I think he's great for the team as well. Any, yeah. any holes that Stefanski doesn't fill, he's right behind there doing it. And then uh, defensive coordinator Joe Woods, I already briefly said it at the beginning of this whole nonsense, Joe Woods has nothing but weapons. And his knowledge coming in year two here with his system, some of those guys returning already know the system, going to be able to help out these young guys that are going to be plugged in immediately right. and make immediate impacts. Boys and girls, I know I've said it a million times, but I'm telling you, write this 
defense down. This is going to be one that you need to keep watch on. And if you're a fantasy player, if maybe it's a position that you you want to play an under total, I don't know. But this defense is going to be doggone dominant this year. Yeah, (laughs) I really can't add too much more, my man. I'm just really excited for all three of these coaches coming into their second year, all of them together. And as you mentioned, turning this team around to an 11 and five team was a little bit easier. Excuse me, was a little bit easier of a schedule last year uh, than we're going to see this year. But nonetheless, I think they uh, there's no reason in my mind that they can't duplicate what they did last year, if not improve exponentially on it. No reason in my mind that they cannot either. And oh, hey, partner, speaking of schedule, what do you know? Let's keep this show theming on down the tracks here. That does it for the entire offensive lineups, defensive lineups, and coaching staff. If you missed any of that, go on back, rewatch it, or uh, stick around for a live show here if you just joined and uh, go watch it later because it's time to keep it moving. Second segment of the day with the entire Browns 2021 schedule breakdown first things first here uh just going to tell you guys as always uh, their outlook where they're playing who they're playing everything like that and then uh just we'll kind of briefly talk about it and then we'll dive deep into what we think they're going to do division wise outside of the division yada 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 like we have been doing so take a breather get ready strap back in Let's dive into the schedule. So right now, uh, per the guys over at SFA, once again, not a very easy schedule for them by any means. It was much more cupcake last year, and yeah, they had a winning season. They went uh, ten and six. They made the playoffs. Eleven and five. Actually. Eleven and five. I apologize. Eleven and five made the playoffs. Hey, all great. However. It was against some lackluster teams. Mm -hmm. It was against some very easy, easy, easy defenses, and they found themselves in a lot of tight field goal or one-score games. Now, I'm not saying we see that again this season. However, it's not going to be easy for them. They're going to have to come out, and they're going to have to be dominant, and they're going to have to be damn near perfect if they are going to want to repeat what they did last year. And the books are taking note. The books have favored the Browns in 13 games Mm -hmm. out of they're 17 this season and they have uh their underdogs in two they got two pickums and they got two pickums in case you're wondering why that uh that was only 15 right what the hell colt where's your math that's why thanks for the assist there two partner um so for the full schedule just real quickly before we uh get into kind of some of our uh predictions uh for the division outside of it yada yada week one. Oh boy the AFC Championship rematch in Kansas City against the Chiefs. Uh, hell of a way. Division round rematch. Division round rematch. I apologize. Uh, either way, thanks for uh, having my back here today, partner. We couldn't be able to do it without you. Either way, um, what talk about a, uh, a rematch and a half. Yeah, uh, seriously, and, man. And uh, the schedule maker saying, hey, st- start your uh, season with this here, Brownies. See what you think about that. But then... They ease on up on them week two and three. They get to go back home to Cleveland against the Texans and my Bears. Then they're on the road back-to-back weeks again in week four and five against the Vikings and the Chargers. Then in week six, seven, and eight, they play three straight home games against the uh, Cardinals, the Broncos, and the Steelers. And then week nine, 10, and 11, they're on the road against the Bengals, on the road against the Pats, and then come back home against the Detroit Lions. Then... Week 12, they have a bye week in week 13. So closing out their early season before the bye, they go into Baltimore to play the Ravens. Then coming out of the bye in week 14, they come back to Cleveland. And oh, that's right. 
play the Ravens again right. coming out of the bye week. Then week 15, they get to stay in Cleveland, welcome in the Black Hole Raiders. And then week 16, 17, and 18, they go on the road to the Packers in Lambeau, on the road to the Steelers at Heinz Field. I do believe that's still what it is. Correct. And then oh, they come back to Cleveland, close out their season against a division rival in the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, first glance for me, I see them getting over their win total, mm-hmm. but we won't talk about the win total yet. We'll do that once we get into right, the betting preview. Right. Uh, I see a very difficult, difficult season for them. I think it is very accurately projected by the guys at SFA that this is definitely not going to be a cakewalk for no. them like it was last year. <clears throat> They're going to have to be damn near flawless, but I think Kevin Stefanski can do that. I think Alex Van Pelt can be right by his side helping with that. And then I think that this defense with Joe Woods and the pieces that they brought in, I think this defense is going to more than keep the Brownies in games. So right off the bat, I think we're going to see a great season from the Browns, but it is definitely going to uh, have to be an elite season from the Browns, if you will. Right. I've got high hopes for them. They're going to have to clean up a few of the things from last year. Um, immediate glance, they've only got re- one real tough uh, schedule disadvantage, uh, and that's against the Steelers in Cleveland. In week eight, they got a, a minus four day rest uh, disadvantage there. That's really the only glaring one. They have a minus one in uh, week 18. Then they got a couple that are some nice. Uh, they get a week to prepare for that week 14 matchup against Baltimore. That is huge. And then they get on the flip side, they get a day extra day to prepare for the Steelers in week 17. So as far as the schedule goes in that sense, nothing too bad there. You would like to see uh, less of a disadvantage against the Steelers in that first game uh, against the division opponent. But I'm right there with you, man. I've got high hopes for him. But as you mentioned, it's not going to be easy. They're going to have to be tuned up and playing nicely on both sides of the ball. Yeah, no kidding about any of that, but uh, you're just a segue machine here today. Talk about that uh, rest and prep. You gave me a few there at the beginning. Let's talk a little bit about that because it is pretty key. The Brownies do have some very, very solid schedule timing when it does come to rest and prep here this season. They play two opponents that have over a week to prep for them, so a little bit rough there, but they have three opponents that they play that they have less than a week to prepare for the Browns. So you're getting a plus one difference there pretty doggone nice the team has only two rest disadvantages that being the brownies this season and then they have three rest advantages so also once again plus one in that category for the browns they play one short week road game and one road game off a sunday night or monday night football game which i do believe that's going to be a monday night football sunday night football game no, it'll be a Monday night football game. Which one will it be? Uh, which one were you saying? Uh, team plays off a road, Sunday night or Monday night football game? Uh, they play at Steelers in week 17 on Monday night. So it might be that one. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, either way, uh, it's kind of it's yeah, yeah. negated in that area. So, overall, they are looking T-E-R-R-I-F-I-C. Yeah, not bad at all. When it comes to uh, the rest and prep department. So another good thing uh, there, if you're a Cleveland Brownies fan or a potential better of the Brownies, it's going to be uh, it's going to be good sledding there. So the uh, beautiful mind, if you will, of Kevin Stefanski will have some time, a lot of time to prep for some of these uh, hard division opponents or some of the hard teams that they're going to need to and have to beat. So let's talk about some of those teams that they're going to need to and have to beat and kick things off with their division, the AFC North. We talked about the Bengals yesterday, Mm -hmm. gave us our, uh, gave you our thoughts on them is what I was trying to say there. And uh, obviously we are not very high on the Bengals whatsoever. And we think the Brownies can get 
both of the games against them, if not one, um, if, if not a split. I think that they get both of them against them. The game, the game against the Ravens last season to close out the season, we all remember it. Uh, whether whatever side of the ball you were on, you lost some sort of money. Whether you took some sort of total or whether you were on one side or the other of the ball, that was an absolutely insane game. Can't wait to see these two games against uh, the yeah, Ravens this season with neither. them. I think it's going to be a split. I, I honestly, truthfully do. I don't think the Ravens sweep them. I think it'll be a split. And then I don't think it's out of bounds to say that they sweep the Steelers. Now, it's going to take a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It's going to take precision and damn near perfection, like I've been talking about. But I think that they can get it done. So high end of the spectrum, they go four and two. Low end of the spectrum, if they're not flawless, they go three and three in my mind. Yeah, I'm kind of right where you are. Yesterday, I mentioned for the Bengals' sake, maybe the Browns have things wrapped up in week 18 and maybe the Bengals can get a win against their weak opponents. That would mean that the Browns have a hell of a lot more wins than they need to cover this total. So I won't say that, but I'll say for the sake of this that they get both wins against the Bengals. I'm right there with you. I think they get both against the Steelers. They obviously got smashed in the first game, and then they figured out what they did wrong. They smashed them in the second game. They smashed them in the playoffs. So I think we see that both times around. Despite the rest disadvantage in that first game, I believe that is the Steelers coming off of their bye. However, the Browns get a little bit of a long week on their own spectrum because they have a Thursday night game the week before. So they have more than a week to prepare. However, the Steelers got their bye week, obviously. I think they get both games there. I think they split against the Ravens, as do you. I think they are going to be two fantastic games. I think they get that second one coming off the bye. Not only do they have the extra week to prepare, the Ravens have the Steelers sandwiched in between those two games on their side of things. So mm. I don't think that bodes well for the Ravens. I yeah. think they, uh, the Ravens win uh, against the Browns in that first game. They get the Steelers, and then they're a little worn down for that third game. And then the Browns are obviously well-rested, so they take that and one. They- and in Cleveland. And so. in Cleveland. So I'm going five and one in the division. Yeah, and, and I apologize. It would either be five and one or four and two for me in yep. the division, not three and three. Okay. Um and you know me and my math on for the sure, live for show. Sure. Can't uh one of the best math brains on the outside of the live show. You oh. get me on the live show, can't do a <laughs> damn lick of math. I don't know why. It's the craziest shit in the world. However, uh yeah, either five and one or four and two from us there in the AFC North now. Obviously they got eight main games outside of their uh division games there. They are going to be playing the AFC West and the NFC North this season. Now, within the AFC West, I see them getting the win over the Broncos. I think that the Chiefs are going to just be too geared up in week one in Kansas City. I don't think they'll get that win, but I do think that they'll see them in the playoffs and they will get their lick back. They'll have their opportunity. That's my early hot take. And then... I think they get the win over the Chargers. I think that'll be a very, 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 very tight game. But I think that defense uh, for the Browns is going to loom large in that game. So you got two wins there. And then I think no problem. They get the Raiders. I was originally on two wins only. Um, just And then I kind of sided more over to getting the win over the Chargers. Yep. So as far as the AFC West goes, right now I don't think it's too much of a lean. I think they go 3-1. and one. I don't think it's a lean at all. I personally am very high on the Chargers, so I'm a little undecided on that one. So I think they get at least, uh, no question, the Broncos and Raiders. I'll, I'm, I'm For the sake of this, I'll say two and two. I really like the Chargers. It is in L.A., I believe. that. Uh, yep, in L.A. So I'm going to give that one to the Chargers and say two and two, actually. Okay. Moving on into the NFC North. Yep. You know, as much as I hate to say it, I think they get the win over my Bears. 
Uh, it's just a completely unbiased opinion. I think that they do. I think that that defense is, it, especially because they play the Bears in week three, Justin Fields might not be ah, a quarterback yeah. quite yet. Bad uh, matchup for Mr. Andy Dalton. Then. Bad matchup for Andy Dalton. Uh, we saw it last year. Oh, it was the Washington football team that he almost got his head completely taken off yeah, of his fucking yeah, yeah, shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen again to him no, this year. No, no. But uh, you know, Miles Garrett might be the one though. Yeah, might might be the one. So maybe hey, let's not put old Jay Fields in there until week four. We already kind of discussed yeah, that yeah, with the yeah. Bears. So <laughs> I think they get the win over the Bears. I definitely think they get the win over the lions uh you'll love to hear this partner i i'm pretty sure the pack gets that win they do have to go into lambo in the late season into it's gonna lambo be, on christmas it's gonna be fucking cold on christmas those brownies they know that but uh again i think it's going to be just like it was uh with some of the late season games you mentioned it earlier in the show for baker uh whipping wind snow mm. rain this that and the other and i think that's going to limit some of the of his capabilities and the offensive capabilities as a whole so i think that'll kind of loom a little bit large there for uh uh, that game in Green Bay, they'll ultimately fall to them. And then I think they'll get the win over the uh, Minnesota Vikings. So in the north, I think they go 3-1. and one. Yeah, right there with you. Couldn't have said it any different myself. I do think that this team is built pretty well. They, I, they definitely are built well for some uh, tough weather, but obviously the Packers know how to play in Lambeau in the snow. So yeah, whether or not That's that is the reason. case, we'll see. But uh, yeah, you're not going to catch me picking the Browns over the Packers on Christmas, my friends. Man, that is such a surprising... Surprise hand. That, man, such a surprising Surprise. selection. But uh, that leaves three remaining games. We have now covered the 14. We got three more to cover here. That is going to be between the Pats, the Texans, and the Cardinals. Now, against the Pats, I think this is going to be a defensive game. I see this game ending a little 10-7 action. Mm. No no question. Mm. Uh, yeah, even, even that crazy, especially when you look at Killer Cam and Baker Mayfield. Like, what... Well, how does that how does that not go? I just think it's going to be a defensive game and a yep. half. I think they squeak it out, 10-7. I think they squeak that bad boy out. They obliterate the Texans, no question in my yeah, mind. Yeah, That's yeah. not even going to be an we interesting do. game to watch or bet. And then uh, the Cardinals, I think it's going to be a toss-up in Week 6. They are favored by 4.5 points, which we'll talk about the full weekly betting line shortly, but... Yeah, I think they get that win. I think they get that win, too. I think that's going to be another scrappy okay. one, and that one might be a 31-28 last-second kind of last-ditch effort, and uh, Cody Parkey actually puts one through the uprights. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going – I'll say 2-1. and one. I'm not really – I, I feel like it should be three and zero, but I'm kind of leaning towards two and one. Uh, you know, I'm right there with you on the Texans. I don't think that's even worth talking about, but I think uh, they find a way to lose one of those games against either the Patriots or the Cardinals. I do like the matchup for the uh, against the Cardinals forum. It is in Cleveland, um, but kind of as you mentioned, I could see that Patriots Cleveland game being a real, real defensive game. I could see that just being a tough matchup for Baker. But uh, yeah, one way or uh, one way or another, give me two and one out of those three. All right. Well, there you have it for our predictions for the uh, Browns' entire season and their opponents right now. Um, we'll talk about it here just uh, just shortly, but the season win total is set at 9.5. So either way, if you're on the lighter side of things with mags, maybe if the 4-2, and two, the 2-2, two and two, the 2-1, and one, even if you're on that, you're still coming out right there well over nine and a half wins and then even if you're on the higher end of the spectrum with me you're coming well over nine and a half right. wins so 
We'll talk about that a little bit more in depth there once we get into the full betting preview. But man, oh man, I uh, I definitely think this team has plenty of room for success this year. Now, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. The 2020 schedule was cupcake compared to this year. Just to prove that to you, they got the AFC South last year as well. They got the NFC least. Hopefully they turn into the NFC beast this year. But with looking from the Cowboys last night, uh-oh, who knows what's going to happen. And they also got the Jets and the Raiders in their two outside games so much harder much harder schedule this year but uh, I think the Browns are more than capable to get it done so there you go there you have it the entire schedule breakdown for the Cleveland Browns let's keep it steaming on down the tracks you know the drill just about 11 o'clock here hey if you're just waking up great to see you cheers with a little bit of coffee let me get a sip before we keep the show moving on to segment three the full season betting preview oh that's good good, Joe that is good fucking Joe. Here we go. It's like you sit next to me on every show or something. You know that what I'm about to say. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Third segment of the day. Cleveland, Brown, Cleveland Browns betting preview. As always, I'll kick things off over here. Uh, let's take a look how they did in 2020, not only against the number, but also against game totals, everything in general. Now, in uh, 2020, they came in with an average line of minus 1.7. I just told you they're getting some more respect from the books this year as now they are minus 3.6 favorites in 2021. So uh, about a two-point jump there. We'll see if the old brownies can take care of business. In 2020, they did not, my friends. 6-10 ATS overall, 4-7 ATS as a favorite, 2-3 as a dog. They weren't very good at home either. You would like to think so, that being the dog pound where the brownies should perform, but 3-5 ATS, 3-4 as a favorite, and 0-1 as a home dog. Interesting. Not very well on the, the road either, just about the same. Three and five ATS overall, and one and three ATS as a favorite, two and two ATS as a dog. So not very good against the number was the Brownies, and we'll talk about it here shortly in the weekly betting lines, but they got some pretty doggone big lines. They sure and do. I don't know if you should be rushing to the window to uh, get as many tickets as you can in on them this year. I think they're going to be very, very doggone good, but they might not be good against the number again. Right. However, I mentioned it, the uh, game totals, their average line in 2020 was 47.5. Pretty damn similar here going into 2021. Nothing jumps off the page at me right off the bat, but we'll talk about those in the weekly breakdown here shortly. They do have uh, some low 43s and some high 53s, but uh, outside of that, everything's right around still in that 47 range. In uh, 2020, they were 9-7 over-under. They went 5-3 to the over at home, 4-4 to the over on the road. They uh, were 6-5 and five to the over as a favorite and 4-3 and three to the over as an underdog. So overall, overall to the over there, saying over, 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 uh, Brownie's kind of an over team. Not staunch where you have to necessarily, oh yeah, we got to play the over here. But if they're going to give you those 45, 46s, not uh, too bad of an idea to play those overs. Well, the other thing to consider, I don't know for sure, but I know I mentioned it earlier, they had three games and it's not even an understatement. It was brutal weather. Uh, so aside from a couple of those, I think they might've been even closer to uh, you know a consistent over team because the three games that I'm talking about, 16 to six finish, 10 to seven, and then 22 to 17. So maybe that one went over, but you have to imagine that the uh, 16 to six and 10 to seven games absolutely went under in that rough, rough weather. 
I would have to imagine if I was a betting man, I probably yeah. would say so. Oh, that's right. I am a betting man. So yeah, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> that all being said, um, everybody loves a good teaser. You know I love a good teaser if you've been tuning into the show. In a 6, 7, and 10-point teaser, the Cleveland Browns were 12-4. and four. So not necessarily a team that you need to absolutely 100% add to your teaser, but maybe from week to week, you get them at a key number. You can tease it down through three or four other key numbers. Maybe scoop them up and pick them up, put them in that uh, leg there, get you some plus odds, and let's run it to the window. Right. I cannot wait to start playing teasers again, yeah, me my neither, friend. Man. I cannot wait. That all being said, the only way we're going to be able to play teasers this year is uh, by having weekly lines. Oh, oh and wouldn't you, you know, know it? We have every single weekly line for the Cleveland Browns this year. Now, uh, you know who they're playing, where they're playing at. I already told you all about that, but how about some lines here? Now, week one, they come in as six-and-a-half-point dogs against the Chiefs. Then week two, 13-and-a-half-point favorites against the Texans. Week three at home again, seven-point favorites against my Bears. Then back-to-back weeks in four and five, one-and-a-half-point favorites both games against the Vikings and the Chargers. In week six, seven, and eight, they are all favored as well. Four and a half points against the Cardinals, seven points against the Broncos, and then back to four and a half points against the Steelers. Then in week nine, 10, and 11, four and a half point favorites against the Bengals. Looks like uh, four and a half points is going to be a key number there for the Browns right. this year. Two point favorites against the Patriots. 10-point favorites against the Lions. Then closing out their early season before their bye week, week 12 against the Ravens, coming in in Baltimore as three-and-a-half-point underdogs. Then their bye week, then week 14, they get to come back to Cleveland, welcome with open arms the aforementioned Ravens, and they are then minus two-and-a-half-point favorites. So very similar to your analysis there, partner, kind of what the books are thinking. A uh, rough little three-game stretch there for the Ravens, and it looks like the Brownies are going to be nice and rested up coming back home. Then they uh, get the Raiders in week 15 as six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Then two back-to-back pickums in week 16 and 17, both on the road in Green Bay and in Pittsburgh, and then close out their season as six-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Cincinnati so some of the bigger lines there I think you're going to want to stay away from uh, like the Houston the Chicago the Cincinnati's maybe the Detroit's the Denver, Denver yeah. some of those six seven ten thirteen point games I I just I don't trust the Browns that much yet right I'm kind of where they, with you on that one my man I mean you look at their schedule last year they kind of played down to these you know, mediocre to lesser teams. And, you know, we might see that early on in the season if they're going to do that once again in week two and three. You might have a good chance of kind of sitting on the sidelines, see if they absolutely destroy the Houston Texans or if they keep them around in the game and the Texans cover 13 and a half with these. Kind of the same thing with your Bears and what we were talking about with Andy Dalton. Do they put the hammer down and, you know, give some trouble to Andy Dalton or do they let Andy Dalton stay in the game and cover that seven as well? So I, I'm kind of with you. I think I'm going to be staying away as from those pig lines to see, uh, you know, what they do. If they step on their throats, then yeah, I'll probably hammer the points on, uh, you know, week seven and, uh, you know, 10 or whatever it is here. So yeah, that's actually uh, where I was going to segue there to as well. Um, I'm glad you mentioned all of that because I was going to say, take it a little bit easy on, on the early season here. You don't need to rush to the window. However, some of these ones that are right around those minus one and a half, that minus four and a half looks like it's going to be that key number. I think those numbers 
are going to be ones that you can back the Browns in. But again, I think it's going to be a little bit of time. You need to relax. You don't need to run to the window. They're going to be a great freaking team, but we're still going to have to see if they're going to be good against the number or not. That still just looms way too gone, too doggone large in my mind for them to uh, be 11 and five overall and then go six and 10 against That's the number. Rough. Pretty doggone weak. And they actually had um, games last year where they were uh, three point favorites. Uh, they had eight of those games. They won seven of them, but they only covered in two. Yeah. So not very good for the Brownies there in the small numbers. So I might even have to walk back my statement that those four and a halves, one and a halves might be might be good. Maybe the one and a halves might be the only spots to pick them. I'm not sure. We're going to have to see what uh, this team does. But if the defense produces like I think it will, I don't think they have a problem covering these numbers. Yeah, I'm with but, you. I think it might be the difference. But we're going to have to see it, uh, see it before we believe it. Moving right on along into uh, some of the game totals. We briefly talked about it. No uh, huge value jumping off the page. Uh, I mean, if you're going to get some of those lower ones, I could potentially see uh, the Broncos game uh, maybe going over that 44. And actually, the more I talk about that, I could see that being under 44 and a half. Um, the, the Cardinals game, I think, should be a shootout. Like I said, I think it's going to be one of those 31-28 games. So, That's too. only a 50. Uh, so something you can kind of look at there. But mainly across the board, even against some of the lesser opponents it's right at 46 or 47 so if they're giving you that same number against pristine opponents as they are against lesser opponents not a whole lot you can really draw from that this early in the season i think once again it's going to be we got to believe some of these things before we can see it if they're going to be an over team again or if they're going to be in some of these tight games because of that defense yeah i think it might be a little uh you know a little up in the air i do like what you were saying earlier about the patriots game i think that's going to be a hundred game no question about it that cardinals game you know if both of these teams are putting up 30 points a game the first five weeks that line is most likely going to shoot up a handful of points there so we'll see where that goes but uh yeah overall i'm uh, not sure what we see from from an over under perspective here me neither my friend but uh, that's why we're just speculating now. So uh, we'll definitely probably have some plays. So make sure you follow our NFL picks all season long uh, on the aforementioned action app on the talkingtheline.com website because that thing is just going to continue to improve over the course of the season. We got all types of stuff coming there. But partner, I got to ask you before we get into the win total that I've been teasing for this entire doggone episode. Week one, going in to Chiefs Kingdom. As six and a half point underdogs are the Cleveland Brownies. Do you have the guts to take the six and a half, or is this all but a runaway for the Kansas City Chiefs and they start their season like they have in back to back to back years now? Gun to my head right now, I'll take the Browns plus the six and a half, my friend. I don't know if this will be one of my favorites come week one or not. We shall see where that line is, and we shall see what the buzzer on these teams is. But uh, at the moment, I'll say six and a half. I think it could be grind uh, a little bit more of a grindy game than you might think of as opposed to a shootout here. Total is 53. I have no thoughts on that one. I'm not sure if we'll see a, you know, a shootout or if we see a 24-21 type game, but I think it's going to be uh, within that six and a half points. I think it is as well, and uh, you know, it has uh, since this bad boy was written, since the lines were put out here, uh, it's lost the hook. It's down to six. six. So okay. um, you know, I'm not opposed to that either. I'm not running to the window with it quite yet. I do think the Chiefs get the win. I'll have to see a few things. Maybe once we talk about the Chiefs, I'll have a stone cold opinion about it for yeah. sure. But 
Man, I, I, if I'm leaning anywhere, I got to lean with the Browns plus the six. I think they they don't get the victory. It's one of those weird uh, half a score games, and then they get the win back, and they get they get everything that they ever desired against the Chiefs that they haven't been able to get to this point yet. They get that win in the postseason. Oh, baby. Okay. That's what I think. That's what okay. I think. But that does it all. That's our way too week one, uh, way too early week one pick from me and Mags, and then uh, all the betting lines, some of the key ones that we're taking a look at there. Some things for you guys to kind of think about in relation. How about that doggone win total? Now, my friend, this uh, when this publication was written by the guys over at SFA uh, that we utilize for some of the stats and uh, analysis that we bring you guys every day now. The total was set at nine and a half. Okay. We took a gander this morning, and on FanDuel Sportsbook, you're welcome for the free plug, as always, it is now ticked up to ten and a half wins. Interesting. Now, the way I look see at it, I'm on the high end of the spectrum. I'm five and one, five and one in the division. You got me over to two and two within the AFC West. Okay. So you got me a seven there, and then I'm three and one for sure in the NFC North. Correct. So you already got me a ten, and then you cited me over two to the two and one one outside. So either way, that's more than enough at twelve total wins for the Browns. Am I crazy in thinking that the over is just a no-brainer bet at this point in time? The over is set at plus 105 right now, and the under's at minus 125. Are you with me on that, or am I just out here in left field thinking the Browns are going to be irrationally good in back-to-back years? I'm all over it, my man, and I might even be interested in a little alternate total, 11 and a half. Shit. I might be that crazy. Um, I Even if you talk me, or even if you're you know, saying, well, Mags, you said maybe if they got the division locked up, they might lose to the Bengals. Well, if they're at that point, I think they got to have at least 12 wins anyways. So sure. that game won't matter for that one is sure. concerned. So, you know, I could, and that's even giving them a loss to the Chargers. They could absolutely beat the Chargers. They could still beat the Chiefs. We're both thinking that the Chiefs get that game, but they could beat the Chiefs. And, uh, you know, they could beat my pack, man. I, uh, you know, I'm not saying that uh, I'm predicting that by any means, but that's going to be a hell of a game on Christmas. And we both said two and one outside of the these games, and they could easily go three and zero oh in those. So I think they could easily go over this ten and a half, if not eleven and a half. I definitely think so too, man. I uh, wow, those are uh, words I never thought I might hear out of your mouth. But hot damn, I think it is going to be a game and a half on Christmas, though, dude. That's yeah. Something I'm I mean, I'm gonna. To. I promise I'll be hammering in the pack, but well, uh, I'm not gonna be sitting. Well, uh, well. Of course. I'm not going to be sitting there without any sweat, man. This is a damn good team. Sure enough. Uh, but yeah, as far as a little bit more of that uh, alternate total value, I, I also will be uh, will all be on the over. I love that plus 105. I think they get over 10.5, no problem. Hey, fuck, take it up to 11.5 for Seriously, all I man, care. Seriously, man, plus 170. Uh, I, uh, yeah, it's plus 170 right now for over 11.5, over 12.5, plus 290. A uh, little bit more of a reach there, but hey could potentially happen but if you think we're all full of shit we're just blowing smoke every which direction right now under nine and a half is at plus 135 and under eight and a half is at plus 280 so just about the same lines there on opposite ends of the spectrum and then over nine and a half right now is at minus 170 so right about the same for over under nine in addition 
couple of uh, exact win totals you might want to take a look at if you're low on them. Eight and nine wins at seven, plus 750 and plus 650 respectively. But if you're a little bit higher on them, you don't think uh, they get all the way over, but they hit that 10, that's at plus 500. And then 11 and 12 wins, wouldn't you know it, are also at plus 500 and plus 550 respectively. Then a little bit more bearish on 13 wins, but still kind of those odds you like to see here this far out in the preseason. Plus 650 for 13 exact wins for the Cleveland Browns. I think there's some value there. I would definitely be hammering in the 10, 11, or 12. I would have to say I'm going to side with the 12. I think that some of those games, they do sputter and it gets them right at 12 wins here this season. So in my mind, that's a great value play. You're getting that at plus 550. I don't think you can pass that up. Okay. I I will be passing that up. I, <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you that there isn't value on it. I just personally would prefer to go a little bit on the alternate total or even one of these side bets that we might be mentioning here. If you're that high on them, maybe a team with best record might be worth a sprinkle at plus 1,600, my friend. I don't hate that Hold one. Hold on before you get into all of those, okay. before you start running down all no, I'm not running through them. I'm not running through them. I was just saying I'm not liking the exact win total necessarily if I'm going that high on them. I might be interested in the team with best record at plus 1,600. Yeah. So uh, before I segue into that, because I had a segue into that, okay. Because um, <laughs> I, well, I wanted to uh, build on top of what you were saying. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't necessarily say, hey, you got This is the one you got to hammer in. I just say, hey, for the plus five fifty, if you want something additional, don't pass up sure. on that. But the alternate win total there at the uh, eleven and a half, those are excellent odds there uh, at the plus one seventy to pass up. Even the plus twelve and a half or over twelve and a half, I'm not uh, too afraid of that either. But you did mention it, Parter. Uh, some of the key side bets that we like here today, and I, I might have given away a few of them that we're thinking about here over the course of the show, uh, but you just gave out one there. Team with the best record in the NFL, Cleveland Browns this season at plus 1,600. So only 16 to 1 right now. Not terrible for the Browns. They could very well do it. They might gonna, have to come out of the gates and get that win, though. They're going to have to get that win <laughs> yeah. for sure. They're going to have to do a lot in order to do that, but definitely worth a look. Maybe not the most valuable out of all of these, yeah, maybe not. but worth a look they got some teams they're gonna have to knock off on their schedule to get to that point too yeah <laughs> so. partner was really excited to put that one on there and obviously talk about it the more we talk about it, it's like hey maybe that one's not the best uh, however yeah. decent one to look at then we talked about him a lot some player props player season awards baker to get the mvp hmm. if he improves gets his team to the playoffs again and puts up star-studded numbers because of it He's at 26 to 1 right now, and I think that is uh, not too much of a long shot with his potential going into 2021 here. I don't hate the value, but I'm not going to be hammering this one in. I think uh, I do think he takes a big step up. I just think he's a couple steps away from that upper echelon of MVP type talent with Rodgers, Mahomes, uh, and anyone else that might be in that range. So I'm going to be staying away from that. I do not hate that value, though, but uh, sure. yeah, I'll be staying away. Yeah, I, I'm not saying I'm running to the window sure. either, but uh, I definitely agree with you on all your points there, too. Now, one that I'm probably going to run to the window with. Okay. I've already pretty much made it up in my mind just because of how high I am on Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. He is 9-1 to one right now to win the Defensive Rookie of the Year and only has two other gentlemen ahead of him. Micah Parsons and I cannot remember who the second one is. However, however give me... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call him J-O-K. J-O-K? J-O-K. J-O-K. Uh, give me all him at plus 900, man. I, I think uh, Jeremiah is going to have a killer, killer 
rookie season here in Cleveland. I, I, I think they're going to be able to throw him all over that field defensively. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad bet because he's just so damn versatile. So he, you know, he might not fill one specific category up, but you might see him filling a lot of different defensive categories up. So I don't hate it. I'm, uh, you know, maybe I'll ride it with you. I haven't made a decision on that one, but uh, yeah, he's athletic as hell. He's fast as hell. One of the big reasons they brought him in was to be a Lamar Jackson stopper. So, you know, if he can put that on tape and actually be that stopper in weeks 12 and 14, then that's going to yep. get him a lot lot of looks as far as yeah. this award is concerned that's what i'm saying man so i think that plus 900 is worth a look for uh defensive rookie of the year as far as another side bet that has a pretty doggone good value i have one that i think might be a little bit more valuable i'm not sure what the odds are on it but that guy plays for the dallas cowboys and we're not sure. talking about them today however there is some one man that is uh in the running for this uh, award here, the comeback player of the year in the NFL. And I think he's got a very good shot to win it. Now, we're going to need to see better production from him than we have over the course of the last few seasons, even with him being more healthy than he was last year. You probably know where I'm going. OBJ, comeback player of the year, plus 200 right now. Only two to one odds. I 2,000, actually. Or plus 2,000, yeah. I apologize. Plus 2,000 odds right now. So a lot better odds than the plus 200, plus 2,000. Give me all of that action. I think that uh, he's got very good shot. What is Dak Prescott at, as I do mention? He's at that. plus 200. He's at plus 200. Okay, yeah. so he is probably, uh, he would probably be the favorite. In my mind, he would be the favorite, but worth a sprinkle, worth a look, OBJ. Yeah, it is worth a sprinkle, man. Plus 2,000. There's a few guys ahead of him that just don't deserve to be ahead of him. If OBJ puts up a big season, there's obviously a few guys that it's going to be tough to beat out if they also have a big season, that being Dak, Saquon, Joe Burrow, Christian McCaffrey, and even Carson Wentz. Now, that's obviously a bigger question mark. But there's a few guys ahead of him that just don't deserve to be there. Sam Darnold is at plus 1,700. Jameis Winston at plus 1,500. If Odell Beckham puts up 1,200 yards and has close to 100 catches, he's going to be right in that conversation. Hey, what you got against Jameis Squinston? I, I like Jameis, man, but I, I don't think it is uh, fair for him to be ahead of OBJ here. I don't either. I don't um, either. I, I I think it's worth a sprinkle. It's going to be tough, though, just because even if one of these guys, if Dak has a big season or Joe Burrow has a big season, Chris McCaffrey, Saquon, and th one of those guys will most likely get it. But at plus 2,000, the value is definitely there. Yeah, 150%. And then uh, one of the final last ones that uh, we kind of pulled out from a potential side bet you should sprinkle a little on. Back-to-back uh, -back years, a little bit risque on it, but Stefanski, Coach of the Year, is at 24-1 to 1 right now. So definitely maybe worth a look but uh the only player to do it in uh or only coach to do it was joe gibbs in 83 and 84 last one to do it yeah the there was a couple of maybe like the 60s or 70s or something like that but the but, last uh, one to do it so it's been a long time you know the opportunity then. might he might have a better opportunity than a lot of guys because he only had 11 wins last year if he gets up 13 14 wins here for the browns wins the division is the number one team in the conference i it's not out of the question man but uh yeah Historically speaking, it's pretty tough to uh, go back to back here. He would have to be, uh, you know, literally historically great. So, not going to be sprinkling it, but it's, uh, you know, the value isn't terrible at plus 2,400. He also might be historically great, and that plus 2,400 might be very damn very good. Very possible. However, the books are as high as we are on uh, the Browns repeating and making it to the playoffs. No real value on this right now, unless you're a dog pound hater. Uh, yes to make the playoffs, minus 250, and no at plus 200. And then, last but certainly not least, since we do believe that they are going to make the playoffs, we got to give a little uh, division conference Super Bowl action here. Now, in the division right now, they are plus 155 dogs, and that is actually second behind the Ravens. Right. 
We talk about it time and time again with some of those lighter underdog lines on these future plays. It's too easy. It's too doggone easy for that team. And I think the Browns might be the play this year out of the AFC North to get that bad boy locked up. Plus 155, not bad odds for me at all. Um, definitely definitely reflects the percentages that I would think that, that, that it would be this season. So of all the ones that we've talked about so far, man, I think that the Browns would be the team that I would hammer in to uh, win their division this year. Yeah, I might even say right now that I am definitely hammering this one in. Yeah. I like the Ravens, but I just like the way the Browns schedule falls a little bit better. So I, I love it at plus 155. I almost certainly am going to be hammering this one in. All right. Now, as far as the AFC winner, okay, they're plus 750 right now. Okay, fourth place right now overall. And you know, I'm not necessarily all too opposed to that because, like I told you guys, I think that they're going to lose to the Chiefs in week one, they're going to lose to the Chiefs in week one, but I think they meet again in the AFC championship game. I truly do. I truly, truly believe this is going to be the AFC Championship meeting. Week one is going to tell us a lot, and then we're going to see it again. And I'm going to take the Browns in the AFC Championship game, and I might as well hammer it in early to win the AFC at plus 750. Excellent odds right now, and to be the fourth worst, and we already think they're going to beat Baltimore. Right. We are a little higher on them defensively, then I would say the Bills, just a little bit more. Maybe a little bit, yeah. Just a little bit more, maybe even offensively, but I would say teams pretty doggone accurate to how we were talking about right. them. And then all, only above them is the Chiefs. So they got one of those teams off the – check that box off for the Ravens. I'm not all uh, too worried about the Bills. I am a little worried about the Bills, but I think those are going to be the teams you see, and I think – we're going to see Chiefs-Browns. I'm kind of right there with you, man. I might Chiefs take Browns. it. I might take it. I Obviously, it's going to be tough if they have to face both the Bills and Chiefs. That would be the path where you know you would be most concerned. But I don't hate it, man. Uh, yeah, I am a little bit higher than I am on the Ravens than them. So, uh, yeah, man. I don't hate it. I don't, I don't hate it, it at I all. I don't either. And then the, the one thing I've already said a couple of times uh, for the Chiefs case I think the Chiefs are damn good. They're going to be damn good again. But it is very, very, very hard to reach the Super Bowl in three straight years. It is so yeah, damn hard. Man. It doesn't matter yeah, how good man. you are. So that kind of is where I'm lying with that one. Otherwise, I might be saying the Chiefs. But I hope they don't suck a fat one. But I also hope that they don't make it back to the Super Bowl. Because, <laughs> sure, sure. Hey, man, we need to see a little. Yeah, we need to see exactly. something new for crying out loud. Not to say I don't love Andy Reid and Patty Mahomes and everything they've built over there. This might be the team to knock them off in the playoffs, though. This might be the team. So there you go. There you have it. Last but certainly not least, Super Bowl 56 coming up. It'll be in the year of 2022, but this 2021 season. The um, the Browns right now, and I closed out my app because I thought I had it written down there. Uh, you'll help me out here once it uh, comes on to that. But they are eighth right now to win um, the Super Bowl. They are behind the Rams, 49ers, Ravens, Packers, Bills, Bucks, and Chiefs. So obviously, we could knock off the Bills and the Chiefs out of that running. And what are the odds? Uh, right plus now? 1600 on FanDuel. I didn't so even plus, realize that's what you needed. I was honestly headed to something else to bring up in a second, but plus so 1600 plus 16, on DraftKings. So plus 1600 right now um, is absolutely spectacular for being in that spot where they're at. Um, you know, some of those NFC teams, obviously the Rams, 49ers, and the Packers, that's going to be kind of a toss up there what those guys do in the NFC, who they actually see. But 
Browns might be a Super Bowl team. Okay. Browns might be a Super Bowl team, All boys. Right. I said it here first. I don't give a damn what you say, but hey, I think the dog pound might be headed to Super Bowl 56. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, man. I don't know either. I don't hate the value. I'm not going to be hammering it in. I What I was pulling up is the stage of elimination odds for the Browns. The DraftKings does have those. Right. If you got them in the Super Bowl but losing, it's at plus 1,300. Oh, damn. That's a value and a half. <laughs> Whoa, you know, so Whoa. uh, basically, that's, hey, that's yeah, that's I thought. mean, hell, that's more that's worth a thought. That might be more value than actually AFC winner at plus 750, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I'll stay away from it just because the path is going to be so damn hard. You probably are going to have to get through some combination of two of these three teams Ravens, Bills, Chiefs, which is in a fucking gauntlet, and then obviously, whoever comes out of the NFC is going to be just as big of a talk. So, and we even talked about them yet. I mean, your Packers very well are well within their Packers, rights, Bucks, the, Niners, the Bucks yeah, can 150 percent repeat. The Rams could find themselves in the playoff hunt once again under McVay they've retooled plenty good but we're not talking about any of those teams today we're talking about the Browns and we think that the Browns could have some damn good success and might have a Super Bowl run here under their belts in 2021 and under Kevin Stefanski but we got to wait and find out for another few weeks just about 34 days left ladies and gentlemen but for now let's wrap up episode 97 with the fourth and final segment for every single nfl special edition and that is our best fantasy advice our best fantasy insights in the segment we have coined start stash or pass one day i'll get the one day or another you'll figure <laughs> out how it relates but either than that it's time to get into our best fantasy advice here today, my friends. Let's wrap some stuff up here. First things first, partner, I'll kick it on over to you. QB1, Baker Mayfield and his backup, Case Keenum. Are you targeting them high or low in your draft? Uh, I know based on your draft strategy, probably low. However, if they do fall to you in one way, shape, or another, are you start stashing or passing Mr. Mayfield and Mr. Keenum? Uh, yeah, no thank you on Case Keenum. I'll get that out of the way quickly. Baker Mayfield could be well within my draft strategy. He was the number 17 quarterback last year, so I'm not sure where he's going to be drafted this year. Maybe he's going to be overdrafted. I'm not sure. He did have what the biggest concern here is that he had six games under 10 points in fantasy. That is going to lose you some fantasy games. Now, I did mention it earlier in the show a couple times. Three of those were bad, bad, bad weather games. And if you could forecast that coming into your fantasy week, then you're probably going to just give them a spot on the bench. Because if you got 40 degrees sideways rain, please bake, uh, please bench Baker Mayfield because it's not going to be good. But overall, I'm going to be starting him, my man, or at the very least stashing him because, uh, you know, I like his upside this year. And I have to imagine they're not going to have the same amount of terrible, terrible weather games this year. I agree with you on everything you said right there at the end. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I was going to go with it. I think that Baker has a great 2021 season, uh, fantasy-wise and regular season, regular football-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have him on my uh, bench last year, kind of one of those plug-and-play guys, because you still really didn't know what you were going to get from week to week sometimes from him. I think we're going to need to see some definite improvement in the running game from him. If we see that, then I think he definitely falls well within top 15 this season. I mm-hmm. think we see an improvement there on that number. I would definitely target him. Uh, he probably will fall into my draft strategy, and in, in I do target quarterbacks later rounds as well. So, hey, if that's kind of where you guys are at, I would definitely say so. He would earn a starting spot for me at this point. I don't think he's a stash by any means. And then much like you, partner, I am a complete pass on Case Keenum. I don't think I really even need to handcuff him if he – if 
Sorry, I'm saying this, Brownies fan. If anything happens mm-hmm. to Baker, I don't think that is a need at all. Yeah, I had a couple of points where I was going to mention something like that, but it stopped myself. I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to put, gonna that, put out that out in the world. world. So forget <laughs> I even said that Baker's going to be the healthiest he's ever been in his entire football career yeah. ever since he was in uh, Pop Warner football. So there you go. Uh, moving on into the running back room. Now, partner, this obviously is probably the most valuable running back most room definitely. in the entire NFL I don't really. We don't even need to discuss it at all. Both of these guys are no no question starts. Uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Now Nick Chubb obviously would be your running back one, and then Kareem Hunt being that RB two. Now, if by any means something were to happen to Chubb, I'm not going to put that on the world either. But if something were to happen, it'd be nice to uh, have Kareem Hunt oh, as kind of a definitely. stash if you can get them both. But I doubt you'd be able to get them both, especially with what nah. they've proven over the last two seasons. So I think that. Uh, You'll definitely be able to get your hands on them if you're earlier in the draft, but a little bit later on in the draft, I don't think you're going to get your hands on them. But if you are early, target the hell out of these guys. I think they're going to be uh, top 10. Both of them will be within the top 10, and seeing that from two running backs playing in the same backfield is uh, pretty pretty rare. So I suggest you target both of those guys, no question in my mind. Yeah, I'm right there with you, my man. I'm not sure how high Nick Chubb's going to go in drafts. I feel like people are going to be overdrafting him just a little bit, but in my opinion, I, I don't want to overdraft him just on the basis of they have two guys that are that good and Kareem Hunt's going to take some carries away and touchdowns away from him. That's not to say I don't want Nick Chubb on my team. I'm absolutely starting him. I'm just saying I probably ain't taking him top three in the draft, which is kind of where I'm hearing he might be going. Even last year, he missed four games, but in the games he did play, he was he had an average of 17.3 fantasy points. That was number eight in the entire league. I think we might see a little bit better than that. I think because I like I said earlier, I love Nick Chubb. I just don't know if I'm you know putting that much capital into him, at, you know, top three in the draft or anything like that. Just because you have another guy that is that good that they have to give carries to. Yeah, he could hawk some touches. For yeah, sure. most that definitely hunt for sure. But that doesn't. And I don't want it to sound like I'm low on these guys. No, I am very high on these. Absolutely guys. not. By no stretch form nope. of the word would we be low on either one of these guys. But uh, we've we've talked more than we need to about them. Definitely scoop up and start Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yep. Now, as far as the wide receiver room goes. Um, maybe some question marks, not too certain. Uh, what do we see from OBJ return? Now, I know I mentioned him in the comeback player of the year conversation there, but I don't know necessarily what he produces fantasy-wise. I don't want to say that his fantasy prime days are over, but we're getting pretty doggone close to that. I mean, he showed flashes last year, had a couple of those 30-point games, but then he got hurt, and we just don't know. And there hasn't been a season in quite some time that he hasn't battled those injuries. So I say that you can make him a wide receiver one. Would I say absolutely 150% target him as your wide receiver one? No, I wouldn't by any means. I would say start him for sure. If you can get your hands on him regardless, and if some people are crazy enough to pass up on him and let him slide pretty late, for sure snag him and start him as your wide receiver two if you can do something like that. But as far as OBJ goes, that's kind of my thoughts on him. I'm not I'm not too certain if uh, his fantasy prime is still here. Then Jarvis Landry. Um, one of my favorite fantasy players. I love him as a wide receiver to flex. If you can get him, stash him, start him, whatever you need to do there. But I think that, um, I think Jarvis Landry is definitely worth a, a lineup ad once again. Maybe not one of the guys you should target super early either as well. Um, he might get some of the targets hawked if uh, Rashard Higgins does show a good improvement here. If uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones shows a good improvement here. And then who knows what Schwartz, maybe he could come in and start balling out on some of those short routes and hawk those from Landry. So a little bit too much of a question mark for me and some of those other players. I definitely would say start Landry. But outside of those, I would pass on the other guys for now. 
my mind, give me a red flag on Rashard Higgins and a red flag on Donovan Peoples-Jones. A little bit more higher on Higgins. I think that he has potential to break out and has a much higher floor than Peoples-Jones does. Okay. I uh, For the most part, we're pretty close here. I, As far as Odell is concerned, I might be a little bit higher than you are on him. I am definitely starting him. I think he could be in for a big season. In the same vein, I'm not going to be targeting him in the likes of uh, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, right. not in that range. That's what that's what I mean by right. I just don't. And think, I can kind of tell you, that, I don't yeah. think that wide right. receiver production is here. Correct, definitely right there with you. And I think he might just be that one step below. And I could see him being a top ten wide receiver in fantasy here. So I will be starting him. Uh, same thing, kind of with you on Jarvis Landry. He was a number thirty three wide receiver last year. I think he actually benefits from having Odell. I mentioned earlier earlier in the show, Odell healthy. Uh, you know, kind of takes obviously. It takes a lot of the load off of Jarvis Landry, but it opens up a lot of space for him, in my sure. opinion. So I do like him there. I'm not going to overdraft him, um, in my opinion, though. I think he could be more around that number 25 wide receiver this year. And for the most part, I'm right there with you on the other guys. Maybe a little. I might be a little bit higher. I might be stashing Rashard Higgins. Uh, if not, definitely a red flag. And same thing with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Love it. Absolutely love it. That does it for the wide receiver room there in Cleveland. Now we do have uh, another potential pass catcher that can get us some points, especially in PPR. we got to take a look at the tight end room. Now, Austin Hooper, ah, it's hard. It's hard. I'm not sure where he ranks, what he does. Can he stay healthy? Um, I think that he can stay in the top 10 conversation fantasy-wise here this season, but I think it's going to take uh, some serious work on his part. Um, I would for now, I'd stash him for now. If you can get your hands on him, stash him for now. Not an immediate start. If you're if you're SOL, because we know that that depth at tight end is obviously not good at right. all in fantasy football. Right. So if you can get your hands on him, snag him up, start him, no question. Now, if that is what you get your hands on, I doubt a whole bunch of people are going to be targeting David and Joku no. just with his production over the course of the past few seasons. I'm a little high on him. I think we okay. see a little bit of improvement, maybe a PPR stash for the time being. I don't think that you necessarily need to waste a potential bench spot in your draft uh, on Njoku, but if he's sticking around, hanging around, you accidentally drafted somebody you don't like, eh, scoop him up, why not? Definitely worth uh, a potential stash spot. But if no other option, start Hooper. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, we're sort of similar. I'm honestly passing on the whole lot of them aside from Hooper. I'm not interested in those other guys. Hooper, I will be stashing. I have a feeling he might get overdrafted just because of his name. He only averaged 8.7 fantasy points last year. Not terrible, but, you know, not really anything that you're, you know, loving too much. You're not over the moon with that, uh, over the moon excited with that. So I will be stashing him if he falls to me. I do have a feeling that he's probably going to be a little bit overdrafted here. Uh, he was just a little disappointed as far as his production when he was in there. He missed three games, but even aside for that, when he was in there, it was really only a couple games that you could count on him to have a nice game. So I'll be stashing him. Don't think I'll get my hands on him, though. Yeah, uh, just yeah, just about the same here. Sorry, I forgot to uh, turn off the old headphone <laughs> or the old microphone there. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I think I agree with you, too. I'll stash him for the time being. But again, if, if there's no other options with the lack of depth at the tight end position fantasy-wise, go ahead, give him a start. He's, right. uh, he'll, he'll get you a few points here or there. And honestly, unless you're in a league full of experts, I have to imagine. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have bigger value, but their names are much less lower level than Austin Hooper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, you know, when it comes down to that between him, Logan Thomas, uh, Bob Tanyan, I have to imagine someone's going to reach and take Austin Hooper and maybe leave you with, uh, you know, someone that might have actually more value despite the smaller name. Sure enough. 
Last but certainly, well, two more spots, but last but certainly not least uh, for the uh, actual singular person, right? not a whole position, rather. Uh, you know, kickers are human beings, too. So, uh, partner, I know you're just dying to uh, get a roster spot for Cody Parkey here this season, right? Hey, man, I, you know, we'll see. I actually didn't write down what his rank was last year. I'm not super high on him. I don't him. give a damn. We don't need yeah. to talk about Cody oh, Parkey. Hey, I'm man. Passing all over. He wasn't terrible. He was 19 I to 22. Care. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, he didn't kick. He didn't have uh, as many opportunities as you would expect. Uh, this was a team that went forward a few times and went forward in the goal line. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm actually not interested in him. Not because he's terrible. He had a nice little uh, slight resurgent year uh, as far as his accuracy, accuracy is concerned but uh, they just didn't give his, him as many opportunities as you would like for a fantasy kicker. Yeah I'm good I'll take uh, Evan McPherson from the Bengals before I take Cody Parkey so <laughs> see you later Alex. You know what I might spite take Cody Parkey and lead him to the championship with me. Whatever Junior. <laughs> uh, moving right along last unit we can talk about <laughs> defense and special teams I, I don't know. I honestly need to really say all too much. I think this defense is going to be absolutely terrific, as I've been saying the entire show. I think that they're going to be able to force plenty of fumbles, force plenty of turnovers, also interceptions. I think that they're going to be wreaking havoc on opposing backfields, opposing quarterbacks, and they're going to limit the hell out of opposing wide receivers. I don't really see all too many holes, and they're right around the middle of the pack as far as ease of schedule. So it's not going to be crazy hard for them they're just gonna have to play damn good and i think that every single guy in this team is damn good and i think it is 150 percent worth a draft spot for you this season so 150 percent if you can get them in a draft if somebody is sleeping on them and you're you're wanting to fill a spot late in the rounds and they're still hanging around there scoop the browns up and i would say 150 percent start them yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I you might, like I said earlier, you might be slightly higher on them. You're very high on them. I am still high on them. Um, I think the turnovers are going to pick up for that defense this year. And you know they were number 17 defense last year. I think it picks up a lot this year. There might be obviously a couple spots where you don't want to start them against the Chiefs, maybe against the Ravens, Cardinals. Who knows? But there's going to be plenty of spots where you can absolutely count on them to give you some nice fantasy points. All right. Well, there you go. The entire team fantasy wise broken down by the ttl crew and start stash or pass wowza kapowza little over an hour and a half they've been right around there for uh the duration of these nfl special editions but that does it all for the cincinnati Bengals. man oh man we covered pardon me the pardon uh, me the cleveland browns i apologize the cleveland browns (laughs) i apologize uh sleepland i i had cleveland browns on the mind or uh the cincinnati Bengals on the mind because i had had a little something uh was going to say about them but then that uh, all happened and now i have no idea what the hell i was going to say about the uh, cincinnati Bengals. so the cleveland browns it would be oh no no not asleep at the wheel sir because the uh show still continued to roll on and i was i had my the problem is i I have to have I have to have a half producer hat on and a half host hat on. And sometimes the host brain kind of short circuits while the producer brain works really well. Uh-huh. So it, it, sometimes things like that okay. happen. Okay. So I do apologize for those moments. However, Cleveland Brownies, <laughs> all done, all wrapped up, all completed. There you go. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. If you missed anything, you missed uh, any of the key insights, analysis, trends, betting, uh, we talked about fantasy. We talked about the schedule. We talked about the whole lineups, coaching staff, everything. You missed anything, it's going to stay right here, and it's going to be in prime time anytime you want it all the way up and through the NFL football season. That all being said, 
I uh, mentioned a whole bunch of stuff there at the top of the show. Um, just as far as checking out the link tree, make sure you hit that bad boy. Make sure you uh, check out the talkingtheline.com website. Uh, everything will be updated on there. Typically gets updated by about 2 3 o'clock every single day uh, because then I also toss on my web developer hat at the uh, after the show is over and start uh, developing our website every single day because we update it every single day because we needed a challenge. We couldn't just make it some easy, flimsy one page, you know. Hey, wh why would we want to do that for ourselves? <laughs> so that all being said, make sure you uh, check that out. Um, no other major updates. Uh, we are uh, potentially working on some additional content going to be coming out in uh, the form of maybe a vlog uh, sometime potentially next week. So maybe stay tuned for that. Something might be coming right around the corner. We do have a pretty action-packed weekend planned, so might be some stuff coming in relation to that. But, again, have never shot a vlog in my entire fucking life, yeah. so I might have to figure some shit out here. Might on be a fly. trial and error. Who knows what the hell's happening, but, hey, it might be coming. Either way, that about all does it for me. Uh, reminder for my UFC picks, make sure you uh, follow me on the Action app or, uh, once again, just check them out on the TalkingLine.com website. Make it even easier for you so you don't have to remember any usernames or anything like that. But that officially does it for uh, any of my reminders, any of my stuff there, partner. Anything burning on the brain, melting on the heart, festering on the soul that you have been dying to get out to the kind folks, people, degenerates, fans of the NFL, everybody in between that joined us on episode number 97 of the TTL pod on this beautiful August 6, 2021. How about a little of uh, appreciation for the crown jewel of this Browns franchise, historically speaking, at least? Uh, yeah, you mentioned it earlier. Not a lot of success in our lifetime, or the uh, you know the decades prior to that. But sure. the one guy and uh, era that they were successful in was the nineteen uh, fifties and sixties. Jim Brown, Jim Brown's one of the best of all time, sixth all time rushing touchdowns still in history. One hundred and six touchdowns, sixth all time in yards per attempt. That is. Is, uh, Get him, Jim. I believe third among running backs, Get actually. Him, Jim. There's a couple of uh, two or three quarterbacks that are higher than him. Um, but as far as running backs, he's number three all time in yards per attempt. Three MVPs tied for second all time behind Peyton Manning and tied with Brady, Johnny Unitas, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the only running back that has multiple MVPs and seven, count them, seven seasons with at least 1,200 rushing yards the man was a machine the i believe they called him the freight train um and he was exactly that man he was an absolute beast and uh you know we might be uh adding to that history in this next decade for the cleveland brownies who knows what happens but uh nick chubb definitely big big shoes to fill but working on big it shadow sure. huh Working on it for sure. <laughs> Big 70-year shadow. Yeah, you know. Hey, uh, for real. But uh, he's definitely, because, uh, I mean, think about it. When's the last time you had a running back you can uh, ride home about from the Browns? Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, maybe Peyton Hillis, but outside of that, for a uh, year, yeah. yeah, who knows? Outside of that, who knows? And uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt have a great opportunity to do it again this season. Thank you, as always, for your sidebar partner and uh, the reminder to all of us of the late, great Jim Brown. All right, my friends, let's wrap this episode up officially with the only way that I know how. Giving you some extra inspiration and motivation to get you about the rest of your day and on through the weekend till I see you again because you are so kind to share your hard-earned time with us. Give us your support and following, so I got to pay it back to you. Let's do that. Get it wrapped up with my motivation minutes. 
Now, I wanted to give you a little bit of a rabbit hole to go down over the weekend here. And, you know, I heard this a few days back, and I keep going down rabbit holes on it, and I could not share it with you guys. And it's my fault for not knowing the exact person who said this because it was just a quick passing Facebook video. Sometimes I'm scrolling through, getting new information, new stuff on that end. But much as I say is I'm not a swami, I'm not a... I'm not a genius. I just have some tips and tricks about how to survive this thing we call life. Well, if you read the description, it does say the message is on the meaning of life. Well, I don't necessarily know the meaning of life, and that's not what this is about. So if you came here for that today, I do apologize. <laughs> you ain't getting that here. But something that helps you kind of understand the meaning of life and your life and put into perspective how important each day is and how important what you do within each day is. So the Swami I was listening to was talking about this and he said two key things that really hit me and he kind of wrapped it up and he said, and if you don't believe me on anything else, that is life. And what he said was when you go about your, your day and, and, your, and your, the things that you do in, in your life, what you should focus on and what you should remember that this life is about is all about profoundness of experience and impactfulness of activity. So what does that mean? What, 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 how do you make sense of that? Profoundness of experience. There is no other being on this planet that is able to experience things as we do. We can smell, we can taste, we can hear, we can talk, we can, we can share our perspectives with the world. And the greatest part about it is that every one of those senses and every one of our experiences are different. And that in and of itself is profound, is beyond profound. So you think about it in that light, but then you also think about it in your day-to-day -day experiences. Think about how lucky you are just to have woken up today. Start living in that experience. Start taking it slower in that time. Think about how profound the moment is that you got to w open your two gifts this morning, your eyes. How profound is the moment that you can see again for the day, that your body basically dies and go into a dormant sleep and then it magically arises from that death it comes back and you can see again think about that this weekend how profound is that experience maybe you make a trip to your favorite your favorite spot at a lake or a park or wherever the case might be feel the profoundness of that experience you can feel the wind off the water you can hear the ray the waves crashing against the rocks on on the low tide near near the shore you can hear some of the boats off in the distance. Think of the profoundness of that experience and how you're able to take all that in. So that's one rabbit hole to kind of think about this weekend as you're going through. But the second part to that, impactfulness of activity. Now, this one's big for me. And this one is one that I try and apply in my life day in and day out and did before I really stumbled upon this. What are you doing right now and I spoke about this last week. What are you doing right now that's going to make your future self happy?
don't confuse movement for activity. And what I mean by that is don't confuse just doing things for the sake of doing things for actually doing a key purposeful activity. And when you do those activities, don't just have neutral brain, as I'll start referring to it now, where you're just going like this in your noggin a million miles a minute and you're not even really thinking about what you're doing. You're just on autopilot. You're either washing the dishes or you're or you're cleaning the you're doing your laundry, whatever the case might be, you're just going. Think about the impact impactfulness of the activity you're currently doing. Whatever it is that you're currently doing. And when you start to think in that light, start to use your actions and what you do to make an impact. Don't just do to do. Make your life an impact in the lives of others, an impact for your life, an impact for the lives of bigger beings than all of us combined. Think about that this weekend. I know that's a lot. Probably got you spinning on some rabbit holes for sure. I know it's a, a lot deeper. I, I know I go deep a lot, but I know that's a lot deeper than I typically tend to go. So to kind of give you some stuff to think about this weekend, and, and I'll uh, repeat it to you as I always do to close out um, my motivation minutes here. But think about these this weekend and, and everything that you do and, and remember how important they are to your life. And that is the profoundness of experience and the impactfulness of activity. That is life. And that does it for my motivation minutes for today. You still got me spinning over here, my man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's always good stuff, my man. Uh, especially, you know, for me, the last part there, uh, you know, not just going through the motions and actually, you know, buying into what you're doing, uh, you know, focusing on your, what you're doing, taking stock of what you're doing. Cause I find myself doing that. Like I've been doing some practice writing here sometimes at nights lately. And, uh, you know, sometimes as opposed to sitting down, like, okay, I've told myself that I have to do this every night instead of just sitting down and, you know, barfing words out onto paper, actually, you know, sit down and focus on what you're doing, pick a topic that you actually care about writing about. And then once you get into that, you can actually, you know, you actually go through a meaningful motion as opposed to just writing for the hell of it. Right. Absolutely. And uh, like I said, I've gone down so many rabbit holes over the course of the last few days over these two simple sayings, profoundness of experience and impactfulness of activity. And I hope it does the same for you guys, because I've just been trying to figure out how I can apply both of these things mm -hmm. in every little corner and crevice of my life. So I hope that did it for you guys. I hope that uh, my few short simpleton words there, what little I know, kind of led you into a good direction where you can apply that in your life, get you some extra inspiration, get you through this Friday and through the weekend before I see you again on Monday for some more Motivation Minutes. But that officially does it for those aforementioned minutes. And ladies and gentlemen, as far as I can tell, that does it. It's a wrap. Paper or plastic, you choose for episode 97 of the TTL pod on this beautiful August 6, 2021. Everything Cleveland Browns was covered here today. And coming up on Monday, we will be discussing 
the Dallas Cowboys. That is right. America's team Dallas. will be coming around for episode 98, and then shortly two episodes after that, episode number 100. So episode number 100 has some very, very important things happening in relation to it, but we'll let you know all about that when next week rolls around. So make sure you come back for Monday's show, episode 98. We'll uh, be sure to put out the early show so you can set that reminder. Make sure you don't miss the start of the show. Hit that notification bell. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. If you're listening on your favorite podcast directory, make sure you hit it there too. We'll be sure to drop this audio shortly and always do after every show is over. Don't know how you would have heard me say that if you're not watching live and listening to the audio version. Hopefully that also got you a chuckle there. But outside of that, my friends, nothing else to tell you. Go on and get about your Fridays, but don't stay away too long because we need to share some stone-cold knowledge and facts with you for the next, oh, about 20-ish days or so, uh, high end of 20 days. That way, we can run some tickets to the window Mm -hmm. together. So without further ado, as always, ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, Cleveland Browns fans, fans of the NFL Shield, everybody in between, far and wide, from myself and Mags. We can't thank you enough for once again stopping by episode 97 and every episode that you choose to of the Talk in the Line podcast. It is because of you guys that we are able to make this bigger and better and find success as a company. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate it and we can't wait to see you back on Monday, but have a spectacular rest of your Friday, unless you have under other plans, a terrific Saturday and Sunday, which some would refer to as a weekend, but they're just next days on the map to me, my friends. And as always, even though we didn't dish out any picks, make sure you check them out on the Action Network app or the TalkingTheLine.com website. We still got to say it because it's the only way we know how to close out a show. Hey, partner, and all of you out there, let's cash some tickets.